Hey, my friends, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. How are you? I am in stunning Branson, Missouri with, uh, I don't know, about 1,500 of my closest friends. It's been amazing the last few days at the huge convention, and we have a very special episode today because I'm sitting at a table on the balcony overlooking the Ozark Mountains with my friend Brandon Vaughn, my oldest son, Maverick Latimer, and my good buddy, Elena Ledeau, who is an insane rock star entrepreneur. And we just spent the last few days surrounded by insane rock star entrepreneurs. We have some takeaways for you, some mind bombs for you, and I think just some cool conversations. I, I guess the first thing is, is how cool was the thousand-person mastermind, Brandon, that you facilitated? The largest mastermind in the world for home service companies what was going through your head as you were putting that together and then as we executed on it? Ooh, boy. Uh, first, I was incredible. I never in the world thought that I'd be able to have you know, this opportunity to be able to speak to so many people at once and to be able to uh, serve so many people in this way. And I think the thing that humbled me the most was that we had 17 mentors and coaches, CEOs all doing seven and eight figures in their service businesses, and they're all, without even a hesitation, they're like, when I asked them if they'd help out with this, they just said, yep, yeah, we're in. So the fact that we pulled this off in like 30 days from initial concept to execution on this with the workbooks and everything else um, was Well, and this amazing. is a room of like strangers. And so yeah. how do you in a couple hours get strangers to like literally start crying and sharing their deepest like desires or frustrations and things that are holding them back? And like, and they try to hide, they try to fight it, they try to put up, it doesn't work. With, at least with the structure that Automate Yourself has and the way that we do masterminds, it, it works every time. It's amazing. I'm curious, uh, Elena, what your, your thoughts were on it. It was very moving. And I think, uh, Brandon, you just crushed it. And, and Kedma was amazing as well. It was so emotional. I think the answer to your question is that he shared his story and how what things that he had to overcome in his business because essentially we all kind of struggle in similar ways. Like, well, I personally don't, but I can <laughs> abstract. I sort of like get it like, from the outside looking in. I personally had a silver spoon and everything's went great for me. Um, no, I'm just kidding. The At the end of the day, like everybody's like, I look at people different because mm. we've worked with so many people. Like everybody's full of crap in a way, mm. including me. We have a wall. We have a f- public-facing persona. and But, like, I can see through it now. I feel like I have, like, superpowers or something. And uh, the public-facing persona isn't really the whole truth. It's not that you're being intentionally dis- dishonest. But, like, when I look at the sea of thousand faces, everybody's acting like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got a great... Yeah, we're up in Kentucky. Yeah, I got a couple guys. Pretty good season, you know. Had some t- But the truth is, it's like... Like, I cried myself to sleep last week. My wife threatened to leave me for the third time. I really don't feel like I even know my son anymore. He got, you know, in trouble at school for drugs and whatever. Like, maybe that's dramatic, but there's always all this stuff. And when you mastermind, you can break through and get to the stuff. I don't think there's something more powerful than that. You know, I think um, I think when you asked earlier why this mastermind works so good with all these strangers and all these people that never met each other before... One of the things that we did that I think worked really, really well is we opened up commonality between everyone. We found like the exact spot where everyone struggles with it, which is, you know, the illustration I used was if, you know. Do the whole thing. The whole thing? Do the whole thing. This is powerful. Everybody, put your car in park, pull over, (laughs) put your seat back, turn the air conditioner up, get cozy, throw a blanket on. Here we go. Oh, boy. No pressure. 
So, I mean, the, the, the big thing is, is uh, when I talked about, you know, you always say, Josh, being an entrepreneur is like jumping off of a cliff, building a plane on the way down. And ah, every, time, yeah. every time you say that, anyone that hears that is like, yes, that is exactly what it's like. Mm-hmm. Crazy leap of faith, total panic, but you just hustle, you just like figure it out, you just make it work. Totally don't, you know, have instruction manuals because that one flying up in the air as you jumped off, like you just have to like figure it out. So I heard this story about this pilot, and uh, this pilot, he was a VFR pilot, which he's a recreational pilot. VFR. VFR. And what that means is visual flight rules. So when you're a recreational pilot and you haven't been trained on like instrument ratings, you don't, I mean, you can't fly legally. You cannot fly in bad weather conditions. You're a fair weather pilot. When you fly around, you have to be able to see the horizon. So it's like a white belt so pilot. A <laughs> white belt, yeah. So this um, this pilot, he was a VFR pilot, and as he was flying along, you know, clear skies, moving in, but uh, the weather changed very quickly, and suddenly he was completely enveloped in a storm. Mm. And the pilots call this the soup. It's the this soup. Milky white misty haze and it's swirling and it's tumbling and you're in it and you literally have no frame of reference for your visual cues you can't see the horizon you can't see the sky you can't see the ground you can't tell if you're flying level if you're tilted if you're nose down nose up nothing mm, terrifying and the, and the problem with that is is that when the, the, the highest fatalities that happen with pilots are pilots who are vfr pilots and they fly into these bad weather conditions highest fatality in the world because your inner ear that manages your balance, your right. direction, everything else, it completely misleads you. You are 100% convinced because everything in the world is telling you that you are currently banking, you're currently turning, your nose down, your nose up, and it's you actually feel like you're moving in a certain direction when the reality is you're not moving that direction. Wow. So when you look at your instrument panels, most pilots when they're in that, especially when they're not trained and certified for this, they they look at their instrument panels and they don't believe it. They see they don't they, believe they do the, not believe the what they're data. Saying. They're like I'm in a storm. My instrument panel's screwy. Yeah. And so this pilot when he went in here, um, his altimeter, his altitude, was unwinding. Dropping. He was literally plummeting down. And so if you notice that you are going down, what would your natural inclination be pull to up. do with it? Yeah, you you pull back on you right. pull back on the yoke. You you try to climb. And this is what this pilot was doing, when in, in reality, what was happening is, is as he did that, he was plummeting faster, his airspeed was going, and when he was flying this, he said that he had been trained that if a VFR pilot gets in these conditions, statistically, he has 180, 178 seconds left to live, statistically. And when they have done pilots in this condition where they have the air simulators, and they even go through that, even air simulations, they don't believe it. Pilots, nine out of ten pilots die within three minutes of going through visual simulators. Going through the soup. Going through the soup. So this pilot, he was calling. He was like, "Mayday, mayday!" Please. On the radio, just you know something. Yeah, and so no answer. He was thinking about his wife. He's thinking about his kids. He's thinking about why did I fly today? My wife told me I shouldn't fly today. So he gets to this place where finally air traffic control calls back out he says hey we got you you're not alone and the first thing they did was said what's your heading tell me what's on your instrument panel 
Are you banking? Make sure that your you know your wings are level. And when they started reading off everything, they said you're in a stall. You need to nose down. And so he had to do the exact opposite thing of what was intuitive to him, which was to point the nose down at the ground. At the ground while his altitude was unwinding. Right. And it's because he was actually almost inverted in the air. And he thought that he was flying level when in fact his nose and his was engine stalled up. and he couldn't even tell. Yeah, so he pointed down and this this air traffic controller literally saved his life. He directed him in the soup for 20 minutes when he couldn't see anything just through triangulation and radar and finding out where he was and reading his headings and everything else and he directed him till the last 500 feet of altitude he finally popped out underneath the storm and was able to land to safety. Well, I'm sure everyone listening to this can think of a time when they've been in the soup when they had no bearing no point of reference you don't know what to do you're hyperventilating you're freaking out um i don't know elena what what are your thoughts on that story what do you think i think i, I was correct when they told my husband that he should not fly small aircraft <laughs> <laughs> that's what my wife that. told me too i was like i probably yes. shouldn't tell there's because i've really been wanting to get my pilot's license and i think this is i do too i want to get mine too <laughs> yeah yeah. Maverick, what did you think of that? You weren't in the room when he said that at the convention, but you yeah, just sat here now. What do you think, man? Uh, well, it's really like you you think you got it, you know, like you, you you know how to do the basics, and you're like, bro, I got this, and then like something big comes up, and you're like, oh, I, I don't need help, you know, I got this. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sixth sense is telling me what to do, you know, like right. I, I know everything, and then you're like, okay, yeah, I'm doing good, I'm doing good, and then the reality is, you're like a dying star and you don't even realize it even though you kind of do yeah i think like we all do this in different parts of our life it's like a metaphor one of the things i want to talk about on the podcast because elena and i we're at currently in this really amazing airbnb brandon paid for all this catered food (laughs) and private chefs and it was really awesome we have some insane high achievers in that room like in the room next to me where we're recording this it's like I don't know. I'm just guessing a hundred plus million dollars a year in annual revenue creation because of the people. Probably. I don't know. Maybe that's an exaggeration, but it's a lot. Um, but Elena and I were talking. She's like, Josh, you know, I listen to your podcast and she's been on the podcast. And she's like, you're just naturally good at the podcast. I'm like, I ain't naturally good. at Like I've done 400 of them. And we had a discussion about um, how does natural ability tie into succeeding in business or in anything, public speaking or podcasting or whatever. And Elena like brought up some really good point so let's take turn the direction a little bit and talk about that yes well my mind was blown when you told me that you were actually really bad when you first started right completely not the way you are now and then I told you that one of the stories that always inspired me was by uh, this famous comedian Eddie Izzard my favorite comedian who is super hilarious just really really funny guy I always assumed that he was hilarious the, the minute he was born that's just the way he is. That's his nature, and that's why he's so brilliant. And then I was listening to his podcast or interview, and he said that he was terrible. The first time he got on stage, he got booed off. Hmm. And then he got back on and over and over and over again until he actually became sort of good, and now he's one of the top comedians in the world. Mm-hmm. So that always inspired me because how, how many times do we feel that we're not good at something and then we just give up because of that? I th- and then I said, like, talent's overrated. I think some people that are naturally gifted at things, they just lean on that and then, like, think they're that's it, like they arrived, and they never really achieve much. It's the people that put in the work. But, Brandon, don't you have, like, a learning disability or something? 
you yeah. have like ADD and all this. And Look at what you've achieved, too. right? It's because you've attained mastery through repetition, through doing hard things, through being uncomfortable. And I'm trying to teach my kids all the time, do hard. I'm wearing a shirt right now that says, oh, do yeah. hard it things. Mav. Yes. Yeah, Maverick is too. <laughs> do hard things, do hard things. All greatness is on the other side of hard things. Do hard things, do hard things. I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts? You know, I mean, think about every movie that you've ever seen about Walt Disney or Ray Kroc or all of these people who have achieved this really high level of you know success or you know built this massive you know impact uh, empire out there. All of their backstories, all of them, have just humbling moments of pain. And I remember we went through a, a pretty bad um, legal battle that was completely unjustified. Our attorney said that we were just about legally getting blackmailed. It was legal extortion. And he said, hands down, you're gonna win in court, no problem. But the problem is, is that you're gonna owe us so many thousands of dollars that you know this is gonna be just, it's not even worth it. And I remember when we were sitting there, we were feeling so wronged, and we were feeling so cripplingly upset over this situation. I looked over my wife, and I just laughed. She's like, what, what is so funny about this? And I said, Honey, we're always going to be fine. We're always going to be fine. And this is going to be one thing that I'm going to tell on stage someday. And at any point in our lives, whenever I have these really bad moments of fear and doubt or failure, I just keep repeating that. This is just going to be one more thing I'm going to tell on stage. Incredible one story. One more thing that I can yes. do. And it's, and, and it's that way of everybody. Everyone that I've ever talked to that, that is you know successful in life or in business, they all have these defining moments, and it's what you do in that defining moment. Do you choose to fail backwards, or do you That's choose so to fail good. forward? That's so good. For some reason, it reminded me of the time I got thrown out of a little old lady's house early on in my window cleaning career. <laughs> it was like a $90 job, and within five minutes of me walking into this you know, seemingly sweet little old lady's house, I couldn't get a screen out. It just was stuck. The screen was stuck. I was brand new. I did I didn't know how to do it very well anyway. And she got was getting mad that I couldn't get it out. She's like, push it harder. Push it harder. I'm like, I'm, ma'am, I'm trying. I'm really sorry. And finally she goes, get out. That's what she says, literally. We all had that little lady. So I went home to my trailer de demoralized. But you know what? Like the ROI in that story is insane. We've sold, yes. sold $100,000 worth of Send Jim probably because of that story in public speeches or something. So... Yeah, your mess, your mess, your mess is your message, or your message is in your mess. If you've heard those mm, types of things, love that. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, before we wrap up here, I want to give uh, Maverick a chance to bring up something we were talking about <laughs> earlier too. So we're at this insane. What is it called? Fritz's Adventure. Yeah. You should Google it. It's insane. Like there's this. It's this giant warehouse. Like when I say giant, I mean big, big, it's big. Huge. It's full of like obstacle courses, zip lines, rock like walls. underground tunnels through the concrete. There's uh, rock walls and ladder. But like even me explaining it like this is like crap compared to what it is. Yeah. And you go there and you can just. <laughs> that was a resounding. Agreement, yeah. By the way, we did the skydiving <laughs> thing with like the fake wind tunnel thing where you get skydive. They just have all this stuff. It's like a kid's fantasy come to real life. Did Josh we, invite you to this, Elena? Did he invite you to come? I invited no one. I was no. totally selfish. Oh, that is so... I feel so offended. we went there, and they had one of those walls that you run up, like you try to run up the... the wall? I'm not sure what it's called, it but it's like, like American Ninja Warrior yeah. type wall. Yeah. So Maverick's trying to go. I think it was a 12-foot wall. I could be wrong, but I think it was a 12-foot and a 15-foot. And Maverick is trying to do it, and I watch him, and he's like a 
foot and a half, two feet short yeah. from even his fingertip being at the top. What and I'm like, mean? Maverick, you're not pu- you're not going all the way. You're bailing. I'm like, just do it, dude. It's just in your it's in your head. It's mental. And he didn't really believe me the first time, and but he kept trying. I was like, Maverick, seriously, you can literally do this. Like, there's you're physically capable of going right up that thing. It's not it's not a problem. It's all between your ears. So he's like, okay. Well, then he goes up, and his fingertip touches the top. And now he's, like, got a taste, right? He's like, wait a second. It is technically possible. My dad possibly could be right, probably still wrong, but maybe, just maybe, this could happen. And he's doing it, like, 50 times, like, over and over and over. And he's sore, and he's sweaty, and he's going. And I'm like, go all out. When you're all the way up where you start to bail, push even harder on your last leap. It's all in that last that last push, right? Like the hardest, last 10% of any project is the hardest, right? Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, always. Anyway, he goes up, he gets up, and he does it. Here's the moral of the story. Then he does it 10 times in a row after that. Right. Wrap your head around what I just said. Like, Maverick, what did you learn today going through that experience? It's all about the mindset. It really is, because, like, I was like, oh, wow, this wall is huge. So I started running up, and I'm like, this is fun, you know? And I couldn't really get it, and I was like, oh, man, I'll try again. And I just kept on doing it, and I wasn't even close. And then Dad, he came along, and he started talking to me and doing all that. And I started getting closer and closer, and then I started doing it, like, a lot. And then, like, there wasn't that many people there when I did it. And then some older kids started going, like, 15, 14-year-olds, and I'm only 12. Was they the first ones you saw do it? No, I saw some other people do it, but and they're tall. They're like, oh, yeah. like some of them were two feet taller than me. And they get up there and then they just slide down and they're like, man, I can't get this. And I'm like, like my brain, like they'd get up. And there. now you're like, I definitely can't do it. <laughs> right? Yeah, and I was like, man, I can't do it. And then once I started doing them, they were like, good job. And then some either older kids started coming, and like once I started getting it, I was like, oh, these kids definitely got it in their bag, bro. Like they. They definitely got. They get up there and then they just completely jump off bail, and I'd be like, "Wow, it really is." Isn't about that the amazing? Yeah. Even when I played football, some of the smallest kids were the meanest, baddest to the bone hitter. I mean, they could just knock your head off, and some of the biggest kids were the weakest because it's between the ears. And I think that's in business too. Um, I don't know if you have any other thoughts, either of you, Brandon or Elena, on mindset. Well, I mean, one of the things I've shared before was when I first bought the business for my dad. 2012, when I laid out my five-year plan oh, yes. of what my business was, like he was doing $100,000 a year, and I was like, okay, dad, and my wife, I was like, okay, five-year plan, you know, we're going to grow 20% the first year, then 10%, then 10%, then 10%, we're, we're going to do like 10% year on year for five years straight, and like, you know, we end up 15, what, what does that even get you to, like 200? We, we, I was, it was like between 20 and, and 15 and 10%, kind of over the period of time, it started gradually trickling down to, towards 10. But on the last year, 2017, I was going to be like $260,000 a year, you know. So, right. So, and then, and I remember. Based on your original plan. Yeah. And I pitched this to my dad and I showed him and I showed my wife and all three of us unanimously were concerned. Like, it was, how is this even possible? It's too aggressive. Like, are you this really, is a pipe dream. Are you going to over the next? Are you over the next? Are you over the next two years re, or five years really going to be able to two hundred and fifty percent? Like that's what we needed. Like two hundred and fifty percent growth. Because I was like, but it's only ten, and it's only fifteen, and twenty. I think we got this. I think we can do this. And it's so amazing because looking back at that moment, I was so sure 
right. that it was so difficult and my dad was so sure it was not going to happen. My wife right. was really concerned about oh, it. So good. And then now looking back on that, if I was to, if I was to rebuild it, knowing everything that I know now, first year we oh probably would have you know oh. done even more than that just because, oh, yeah. you know, kind of like math. You did that work well, you did it once, and you're like, oh, we get this every single time now. Yeah. Now that I know it's possible. Well, you were so sure, just like the pilot with the bad, faulty, deceiving inner ear was sure he was level yep. and he was doing the right thing. You can believe in your heart that the sky is green. Like, you, you can really believe it. Like, lie detector test, like, yes, he believes it. You're just wrong. Mm -hmm. And when you look at your own business planning uh, or you look at the perceived problems in your business, there's a good chance a lot of you, you're just wrong. You're solving the wrong problems. You're ignoring the real problems. And the only way that you're going to ever get through that is by connecting with air traffic control, getting an outside perspective from a competent advice. I thought it was hilarious, Brandon, because you were telling me like you had a $10,000 a month goal and you went to Kedma when you, in the very early days and you're going to a business coach. You're like, can you please help me figure out a way to get to 12000 a month? Like, <laughs> like, it was Mount yeah, Everest. It was. And yeah. then towards the end, your company's doing 100000 a week or something. Like, it's really amazing. The only difference, your brain. Go ahead, Alina. There's one thing that came up today as I was talking to people at the huge convention at the table, and they're sharing what is the one obstacle, right? What is the one obstacle that stands between what they want and what they live for and mm -hmm. their current situation? The number one thing that they shared was this fear. They have fear. So I said, okay, let's like unwrap it. What are you afraid of? They said, well, I'm afraid the business is gonna fail. Everybody, there's like 10 men at the table. They all said, we're afraid the business is gonna fail. I'm like, okay, so if the business is gonna fail, then what's gonna happen? Well, you go into credit card debt, right? Then what's gonna happen? Mm. Well, you're gonna lose your home. Then what's gonna happen? Well, uh, <laughs> you're gonna go be Being homeless be under the renter. bridge, right? Yeah. Right. No, and then what's going to happen? You're going to die, you know, homeless from a meth addiction, right? <laughs> from a meth addiction. <laughs> they're, they're looking at me and they're laughing. They're like, they laughed. They, they laughed and they realized how ridiculous our fears are. And they're like, yeah, you're right. We're in the United States of America. This is never going to happen to us, right? Like, even if we feel, so what? And they're just a huge relief. And they're so sharing awesome. That is good. That is so awesome. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I love that. Really good. Mav, do you have any other final thoughts on mindset? Uh, yeah, and what I have to say about this, I just thought of this, and I was like, oh, well, what most people do, they like have this, um, like a brilliant idea or something, they're like, bro, I can rock this, and it's like their peak, and they're just like all ready for it, and then they get into it, and they're like, oh, no, never mind, this, this, no, and their mindset changes completely, and once they start doing it, yeah, once they start doing why it, why do you think that is? Well, because they feel like, oh, I've, I've done, like, like they think they, like, got it all in the bag, They you think know? because they had the idea yeah. that they win or that they did, it's the same as doing it? Yeah. Get discouraged really easily. Yeah, you can. You just got to, like, fight through it, you know? And yeah, people think having a good idea is, like, equally valuable to actually doing something awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Or they, they have a great idea not. because they think it's a great idea. Naturally, everybody has to think it's a great idea. Right. And if they, they yeah. yeah, and if they got the word out, I bet like a lot of people would be like, yo, man, that's a great idea. And I was listening to a doctor, like a mindset coach guy. I can't remember where, but he's talking about how people uh, intentionally hold back because um, this is like, here's what a typical person wants to believe to be true. They want to think in their mind, I totally could build a million dollar business. Like, like obviously, like I'm super smart. Like I, like totally could. Got the skills. Like I'm not gonna. Like, but I could. Like I'm gonna operate at this like hundred thousand dollar level. 
and you know, just because you know, and they have all these fake reasons, but the real reason is because they don't want to try and fall short yeah. and feel stupid. Right. Um, but I'm here to tell you, I don't know what I'm here to tell you. I just think this is really fun. But um, be like Maverick. Yeah, Maverick, really proud of you. <laughs> I'm really proud of you, Maverick. He's he's just been getting so much uh, more interested in these cool types of discussions. Great at take, hanging out with adults. I'm really proud of you, son. And uh, in closing, if you could spend a few minutes, Brandon, talking about uh, the Conquer program and kind of the impact that we just made, the waves that were made at the huge convention through that mastermind and all the tears and all the emotion. What would you say to someone who needs the Conquer program, which is the majority of the people listening to this right now, to persuade them to take the next step and look deeper into it? You know, I would say that if you, if you, anything that we've talked about resounds with you. If anything that we've talked about with regards to not knowing which your heading is, not knowing what direction you need to go, um, I, I can say for me personally, transformationally, having Kedma on my side and being able to sit down with her and talk with her on a regular basis. Anytime I was feeling depressed, down, like a failure, my wife would always look at me and she'd say, when's the last time you saw Kedma? Like, you, you need to go talk to Kedma. And it just reset my brain as an entrepreneur every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the, the power of that metaphor when we talked, or not the metaphor, the story, um, the illustration, the story about uh, this pilot that was flying, you need an air traffic controller in your business, period. It doesn't matter if it's Conquer or if it's something else or some other kind of coaching platform. It, you need to have some kind of mentor and someone that can be able to read your instrument panel, guide you, push you through these kind of things, and give you that outside perspective, especially because when you're in the thick of it, it can be extremely disorienting. I mean, that inner, the inner ear thing, you know, like I was like, dude, this is the perfect analogy to what the self-limiting beliefs. Yes. Or, you know, the internet keyboard warriors, that's like totally your inner ear, yeah. your, your belief systems and everything else. It causes you delusion. You can't trust it. Yeah, yeah, it causes delusion and it makes you feel like something's one way when in reality it's exactly the opposite. Mm. It's exactly the opposite. And so... It's um, scary, actually. Yeah, that's one of the awesome things that I love about, uh, you know, bringing these rock star uh, coaches like Elena, you know, into the Conquer program. Is, you know, Elena, yeah. Elena took her business from zero to $100,000 a month in two years. Two years. Zero to 100 k a month. Like, had, had, when I was in 2012... In a competitive market. In 2012, when I put my five-year plan together, like, and I heard, if I would have heard Elena's story at that point, I would have said, that's not possible. So there's no, there's no liar. Way. There's no, no way. Liar. Yeah. You'd probably be like, it's all about the net. <laughs> Let me see your financial <laughs> records. It's all about the net. They wouldn't even feet. know. The guys that say that don't even know how to read a financial statement. <laughs> like myself. <laughs> but a lot of times, I feel like in business, the urgent things take over what important things are, right? So we deal with emergencies every day, all day long, and we don't work on important things, which mm. is the systems. Yeah. So and that's Reactive versus proactive, Correct. right? And the thing, the thing that's so awesome and, and something I appreciate so much about you, Elena, is Elena's crazy busy. I mean, she's, she's an entrepreneur. She owns this seven-figure cleaning company. She has matcha go. She has all these amazing energy drinks that are like getting national exposure. She's won Small Business Person of the Year award through the SBA. Uh, she's completely crushing it, life and business. She's an entrepreneur. She's a mom, but she's yet somehow, somehow we convinced her, and she actually just because of her heart to serve, says, "Yeah, I'll take I'll take some hours out of my week and my schedule to help other entrepreneurs." And so just being able to have access to people like Elena as someone in your corner to be able to meet with them every single week for an hour, 
face to face with them, you know, over over Zoom and, and have a one on one with them every single month and have access to, you know, Basecamp, which is hundreds of documents and systems and tools and resources that you can implement in your business right now and have access to discounts from vendors, etc. All the stuff that comes along with Conquer. You know, that that kind of a thing is just absolutely incredible and insightful. And I just want to thank you, Elena, for agreeing to be a part of this really crazy journey and this mission to just impact these entrepreneurs because, I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what the impact has had so far with Conquer. I think we need to change the slogan of Conquer, or not change it, but like incorporate the, we got you, mm-hmm. you're not alone. Mm-hmm. Like that to me summarizes Conquer. Yes. And if you're sure. listening to this podcast and you feel alone or lost or disoriented, you you're doing it from this moment forward by choice. You're choosing to be alone. You don't have to, because we have a solution. Uh, our newest uh, Conquer coach is Maverick Latimer. He's 12 years old. He sold a candy machine business for $1,200. Uh, but seriously, guys, go to um, agsconquer.com and just watch the short video Brandon made and fill out an application. Uh, and the application process is simple. It's not to play games with you. It's to see if you're coachable, if you have humility, and if you're hungry. And if you are, then I'm sure we can uh, find a high-performance coach to help you. Uh, but you got to go there and choose not to be alone. Go to agsconquer.com. If anybody has any closing thoughts, I'm open. Why don't you close us out, Maverick? Okay, because most people, it's like if you ask them a question that's like, would you rather like run your business alone or have like a really good mentor that helps you out with everything and they're perfect for you and they can, you can share your struggles with them? And they're like, oh, yeah, I totally choose that. And then they go home and they're like, I'm so stressed out. I'm so depressed. What do I do? And they have like no clue. Even though they know they could just yeah, solve they, the problem in like, two seconds. It's like right there and they're like, yeah, I just want to be yeah, miserable like, and eat yeah. ice cream and watch Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, Pop-Tarts and Netflix. Yeah. I, <laughs> Pop-Tarts and Netflix. He said that way quick. Like, that's what you get. That's like a Wednesday, a Wednesday evening ritual for you guys. We're he, more of a Cheez-Its and Netflix family. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I digress. High five the Cheez-Its. Yeah, I do have one more thought. Uh, and I really will let, let us go because we're going to go back and party and hang out with our friends. It's going to be amazing. I want you to think of your bank account balance right now. And I want you to understand a truth. Whatever the balance is, I want you to know this. Ready? Listen up. Whatever the balance is, it's correct. And that might sting a little bit. Whatever it is, it's correct. It's not uh, trickery. It's reflective of the value you've created or the value you haven't created of the systems that you have or the systems that you don't have. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. And if it's not what you desire it to be, go to agsconquer.com and get in the Cool Kids Club and we can help you. We got you. You are not alone. That's it. I love all of you. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. God bless.